Welcome to the Samson Strength Coach Collective podcast. We've created this collective in order to grow a network of strength coaches who are consistently raising the standard within our industry and as an educational resource for coaches of all levels. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Samson underscore EQ. This episode features Mike Chapman, sport performance coach for Stanford men's basketball, and Steve Englehart, director of strength and conditioning for Olympic sports at the University of Colorado, hosted by Mike Snowden. Appreciate you, uh, appreciate you guys jumping on today. Uh, Mike Snowden from the University of Alabama. Uh, we got Coach Englehart from uh, University of Colorado, Coach Chapman from Stanford University. Again, appreciate you guys. Let's get rolling. Let's do it. Um, yeah. The, the first thing I asked you guys, uh, just just kind of give me a brief description of both you guys, kind of your path and 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 what you've learned so far in your, on your journey in strength conditioning. You want to go first, Steve? You go ahead, Steve. Okay, you letting the, the older guy go first? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get your vet, <laughs> veteran vet rights. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, got on the path and see. Uh, Born in New Orleans, raised in Abita Springs, uh, about 25 miles north of New Orleans. We got a twin brother. He's with, he's the head strength coach for the Washington Redskins. We got into this. We just always loved sports and always loved lifting. And I think uh, when we find out, like, we could get paid for doing this, I think that's when, you know, light bulb hit me in my head and said, let's do this. And uh, it just took off. We had a, a good mentor in the name of Kurt Hester. He's now at uh, Louisiana Tech. We actually worked for him at HS2 Athletic Performance. And uh, from there, man, he helped us out along the way. And then I went to the University of Hawaii. And uh, one of my, probably the best mentor I had is Tommy Heffernan. Um, probably one of the best strength coaches that a lot of people don't know. And uh, he really gets it. Uh, from there, I went to uh, Portland State as the head football strength coach. And then I went to SMU as the assistant director. And then came to the University of Colorado. And I'm not leaving. I love this place. That's awesome. Well, that, that's, that's, not, that's not easy to follow. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, um, kind of same to Steve. I played sports, really enjoyed it, loved to train. Um, to be honest, I was working out with Gail Hatch down in Baton Rouge, and Coach Hatch was like, are oh, you going to be a strength coach? And then from there, it just kind of took off. So I spent about three years with him just kind of learning stuff and um, diving into that, that group and kind of made some connections that way. And uh, once I got into it, just got, it's, I feel like the coaching is addicting. Once you get a taste of it, if it's for you, 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 can, you can't get enough of it. And that's one thing. I love it. Can't get enough of it. <clears throat> awesome now uh being out there in the pac 12 both of you guys obviously have really good years um but can you kind of touch on you know you made these stops coming into the field kind of what what kind of the bigger pieces that you took from each spot uh and kind of how that's helped you mold your programs at stanford and colorado go ahead mike I'll follow you this time we'll go back and forth. Uh, all right cool so i mean for me you know um Coach Hatch has been the foundation of everything I've done. Um, it's so crazy. Sometimes you think about it when you're younger. You don't appreciate the lessons that were taught because you were grinding. But he taught me the consistency and how to, of how to be a coach and what being a coach means and attention to detail, how to do it the right way. He demanded it from me every single day, and I really grew from that. And then, you know, I went, had several other stops, but I'll talk about a few places. After I went there, I went to Southern University. And one thing I got at Southern University, I learned how to use my voice. And, like, that's one thing I feel like young coaches get so caught up in, like, hey, eggs and O's, but they don't have a voice in the presence. And if you have no presence and no voice, it doesn't really matter sometimes about the other things, even though you do need them both. 
And then, well, one thing that was really, really big for me is like going to Texas and then with Todd at Texas, Todd Wright, man. He helped up my eyes to movement and all that stuff. So now I have a guy who's taught me weightlifting and strength training and all those things. Now I've got a guy who's really movement-based and I'm learning that and I'm going to combine those two systems. That's been great. And then Sanderson at Michigan has just been he just did a lot of stuff, man. I mean, dude's a great networker. He gets the guys really strong. He's not afraid to train guys. Um, he's a great businessman, a good person. So I just really learned a lot from those three guys. And I feel like over my career, overall, just basketball guys, I'm probably a blend of those those people and a lot of other people as well that I didn't mention. So hopefully, not, not, not that their contributions weren't significant. It's just, you know, from an X and O standpoint, you know, that's what I got. <laughs> Yeah, I messed up a lot along the ways. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, when you when you first start out in this field and you have coaches come up to you and say, "Hey, I just want them to get big," man, next day they can't play a sport because they're so sore, right? And I think the the biggest thing I learned was uh, how to how to adapt to each coach because I had a lot of different coaches I had to listen to, and I think how to adapt and what the head coach wants, right, and how. I have to explain it to the coach of what is probably most beneficial for each athlete. I think along the way, I definitely, that's probably one of the, you know, starting out a young coach. Uh, yeah. You just like, okay, whatever, whatever, I'm going to take care of it. Right. And next thing you know, they might've got bigger, but they lost flexibility. They lost hip flexibility. They can't move anymore. They can't turn, but they got bigger. Right. And I think, uh, when, when you start talking to different coaches and, uh, especially, uh, uh, sport coaches, you get to realize like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get them bigger. It might take some time, but it's the game of basketball. So this is what we have to do. We've got to keep the hip flexibility up, shoulders, knees, hips, strong ankles. And I think it's the little bitty stuff that uh, people just you know don't even think about when we're training basketball players, 100%. Gotcha. I'm, uh, Steve, I'm going to start with you on this one, man. Uh, You've, you've been in a spot for a while now. And Mike, you're coming to a place you've been in for a couple of years. Let's talk about buy-in and, and just kind of how, you, how you're getting buy-in from the student-athletes, but also kind of how you go about getting out with the coaching staff as well. Yeah. Uh, each place is different, you know. But here at Colorado with Coach Boyle, uh, I know his buy-in. Me and him kind of uh, – we think alike on hard work, blue-collar, get our hands dirty, uh, not afraid to lift, not afraid to get after it. And I think uh, that's the mindset we have to have. And I think when us and the assistant coaches uh, and we all get together and we start talking about what each player needs, I think that's uh, uh, that that's beneficial because then the assistant coaches know – all right, Steve knows what we need from this particular player, right? As for athletes – Man, listen, they won't buy in until they know you love them, straight up. I don't care what anybody tells me, okay? I've seen, I seen strength coaches come in and not care less about athletes, and they couldn't get buy-in for years, like years. You know, one or two years, they still couldn't get buy-in. You have to love your players. Not saying you got to be their – like, not saying you got to be their best friend, but I, I like to say it as I'm their older brother. Right. They call me big brother in here. And it's funny because I kind of act like they're big brothers. And um, I let them know when they do stuff wrong. Let them know when they do stuff right. When they do stuff wrong, uh, I try and educate them and try and help them out on what to do next. And if they do something right, man, shoot, I'm going to praise them. I'm going to let them know when when I'm happy. and I'm going to let them know when I'm disappointed. And I think uh, when you can do that and then the players know, like, man, this guy loves me. It's over. The buy-in is going to happen. It's awesome. 
don't have much to add to that. I mean, I was, that, <laughs> that, that, I mean, that yeah, last, it, man. <laughs> that last piece, man, like people underestimate the power of that. You know, if you ask me how to do it, it's one word, authenticity. Yep. They know that every day Mike's going to be this way. When I had a good day, a bad day, I'm going to be the same. My expectations don't change. The standard doesn't lower. It's consistency. And when you bring consistency, you, you can demand consistency. And so that's what it's about. And on top of that, you know, like, you know, sometimes it's sometimes the best way to create buy-in is to talk about things that have nothing to do with the weight room or, or basketball. The house home, how's mom, how's dad, how's little brother? Do you know that they have a mom, that who the little brother is? Like those little bitty things that people overlook, those things create so much because now you're invested in the person. And this is a people business. You can learn all the methodologies you want, but if you can't touch people, you're going to struggle in this field big time. I was just telling somebody about that too. Like, especially during this quarantine time, you if you if you're the guy who just all you talk about with them is squats and deadlifts oh. and sets and reps, man. Like, they're not trying to hear that right now. No, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, <laughs> not answering that phone at all. Yeah, you wonder why no. they don't answer the phone. <laughs> exactly. It, it, yeah. Hey, well, I wonder why they're not answering my phone. Call. I know why. Yeah. yeah. To piggyback off, Mike. I, I mean. You know, people always ask me, like you said, it's a people's part, people's people's business. And I've been calling up people. It don't matter what sport I was doing on the way home. It's probably a 30 minute drive. Call up three different players a, a week. Right. On the way home. Just call them up. Hey, how y'all doing? What y'all doing today? Blah, blah, blah. And I think that means even if they don't answer, you leave a message and deep down, they're like subconsciously like, man, this, this I think he cares. Right. And then. You know, when they get to meet you and get to know you a little more, but some some of these guys that you know they don't, you know, some of our players they're just like, hey, do I trust them? Do I trust them? And I think once the trust buys in, it's over, man. It's uh, it's it's pretty special. No, it's awesome. The uh, Mike, I'm I'm gonna fire at you on this one, man, because I, you know, you kind of just went through a situation similar to what I've done, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. So. You know, you move from like one area to another. You were out on the East Coast. Now you're on the West Coast. Um, how has your coaching style had to change kind of based on, you know, I would say like the personality of the athletes you have where you're at uh, or just over time? I know one of the things, you know, for me personally, going from like DMV, going to Buffalo, even that was different. And then coming, going from Buffalo to down south, you know, you got to kind of change and, and not change who you are or anything like that because like we said, authenticity is important, but – you know, how you communicate with them, how you, you know, work with the athlete, got to change a little bit in some regard. So what what have you kind of found with that? Um, to be honest, man, I'm kind of an old dog with that stuff. I just stay the same, make them adapt to me. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and, uh, and this is why I say that. They're going to go one day and get a job somewhere. And that boss ain't going to adapt to them. They got to adapt to them. And I want to give them real-life experiences. And so with that being said, look, this is how we do things. This is why we do them this way. If you have a question, please ask me. But this is the standard of how we're going to do it. And understand everything I'm doing is for your best interest. And I'm trying to take care of you and move you the right direction. Now, when you do great, I'm going to love on you. When you do bad, I'm going to let you know about that. But it's always going to come from a spot of authenticity. Always it comes from a spot of where you know it's you know you know what's expected of you. I'm never I'm never trying to set up to fail. But I think different kids on different uh, in different areas do respond a little bit differently. Like the kids out here are a smidge more sensitive than the kids I had in the DMV in the South. So sometimes, like, you know, you have to be mindful of, 
you know, how you come at them just in the way of, you know, like, hey, I want you to do better and realize that maybe they really aren't messing up because they because they're just being uh, hard headed. Maybe they truly don't understand. And so understanding to know when you need to when you need to turn off, when you need to turn on is a big is a big deal. And so that's been something that for this group that I have right now, because kids at Stanford are achievers. You don't get to Stanford accidentally. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, so like, yeah, like they are trying to do their best. And when they fail, it's hard for them. So I try to challenge them every day and teach them how to fail and move forward because failing is part of the life process. And that's really important uh, for me, you know? <laughs> Steve, you got anything on that? Oh, uh, same, same question? Yeah, you got anything? We can move on if you... I, I think, like, they, they're going to adapt to me. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, it's just each each player is different. Each team's different. And I think uh, you got to take in account to each team and how you can push them individually, uh, emotionally, whatever you got to do to push them. Uh, and team-wise as well. So you might push a team different than you did the year before or push a team different 10 years ago, right? <clears throat> I think when it all comes down to it is as long as you still have the same uh, blueprint, like I'm saying, if I still have the same blueprint of what got me here, of making, of, of making others better and coming out better when they first got here, I think we're doing a, doing a hell of a job. <laughs> Yeah, another one. I'll just kind of throw out whoever, whoever wants to take this one can. The uh, you know, especially the way the transfer market is these days. When you get a when you get an athlete coming in who who may be coming either as a grad transfer or even just you know just a regular transfer, and been been exposed to different training methods. How do you go about you go about implementing those in your program? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Just when they come in, maybe it's maybe it's even a high school kid who who had a, uh, you know, solid training and conditioning program at, at the high school level. I think, you know, if, if they come in and obviously they come in and they start talking to me about different programming, a different, like, it could be anything. It could be cluster sets. It could just say, it's hey, we did this at this school or, you know, this at this school. I'm going to, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to say, okay, tell me why you liked it. Let's, let's go dive into this deeper, right? And uh, if, if it makes them better, if it, if it uh, helped them play, then let's do it. I'm I'm all for it because if it's not broke, I ain't fixing it. Let's get it done. So I'm pretty similar. Once I figure out what they do, I mean, I have my fundamental core patterns that I believe in. I'll apply that to whatever philosophy is out there. But I think for us, it's about having tools in the toolbox and being more versatile to provide the kids what they need and not what we want them to do. And I think that makes us a whole lot better. Um, so um, long as it isn't anything crazy, like I'm finally rolling with it and slowly implementing, imp implementing my stuff in over time. Um, but like I said, he, he, that's a great point. If it isn't fixed, it isn't broken, don't fix it, you know? And, okay. hey, and let's not get it twisted. If they come in here and they're like, all I did was biceps and triceps, they're going to have a long day with me. I'll squat, coach. Yeah. It's not You go to deadlift then? What are you guys doing these days to get better? Obviously, with the, with the whole quarantine situation and COVID-19, there's been a ton of – Continuing education stuff going on. What what are you guys doing uh, to make yourself better? Help your student athletes. Yeah, Mike. 
I think stuff like this, to be honest. I mean, I've been a, I've been around for not a long time, but a while, and I've learned no matter what conference you go to, no book, know what what book you read. The most educational experience of sitting out talking to people who do stuff, you know, like everybody wants to read triphasic. Well, maybe you should try just giving Cal Dietz a call. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe there's something that maybe there's something that that was in that that wasn't that book that makes it glow, that makes it go. So if I read a book or I find something, I try to find an expert in the field to talk to them. Um, I did something last week, and I was telling people like over my career, um, what I've done it study wise is I've always tried to take. Uh, one topic per year. So, like last year, I, we studied. Uh, I studied energy system, energy system development. And you got Steve. When I saw Steve when we played them, first thing I asked is, "What do y'all do for conditioning?" And I, I was like, <laughs> hey, "What do y'all do? Like, how do you how do you go about it?" Like, and I think you have to have the practical um, side to it and the other side to it. You know, I think that's super super important. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, you know talking to coaches. I can you can. It's, life experiences man if i go in i see coach snowden and i watch you train and i ask I mean, why do you it like this right i'm watching you coach and you can explain that to me and and we can talk and we can educate each other and i can get like different you know coaching cues from you and from coach chapman but i'm gonna be there i want to go there right not i'm not saying i don't read books i read books i'm not saying i don't listen to podcasts i listen to podcasts but i think the, like if I'm a young strength coach listening to this right now, I am saying, I'm calling up people and I'm saying, can I come watch you coach? I want to see what you do. I want to see how you run your program. You only have an hour to get this much stuff done. How do you do it? How do you, how do you get the flow so good? And how do you get the flow to just the, the players to buy in? How do you do it? Right. And I think when uh, young coaches come in here and watch they, they man, I, I thought, I thought you were going to be, you know, like, yelling all the time and I was like man listen we have fun and I think that's what that's the thing is we're gonna have fun in here and I don't mean fun like hey you don't have to lift like we want to break PRs and that's fun right winning's fun breaking PRs is fun right getting bigger is fun taking your shirt off in the weight room and you know all the guys are like man how did this freshman get so big that's one to me that's fun to watch all that happen right and I think if they enjoy coming in the weight room then you did your job because they're going to get bigger, stronger, and faster because they're going to be in the weight room more. It's, it's not rocket science. Absolutely. Yeah. Now that was on the uh, on the personal side. Let's talk from a from an injury or not injury industry side. Uh, the strength conditioning field. What uh, I would say, you know, what are your thoughts on the direction of it? What can we do to be better? Um, obviously, there's a lot going on right now, but. Um, just, just want to kind of leave that open a little bit. You guys can take it any way you want to. Yeah, uh, I think the industry is uh, is is doing good as a whole. I, I do think that uh, you know we're getting coaches that don't know the art sometimes of coaching. They know the science and the and and the numbers that goes along with it. And they're like, oh, look at these KPIs. I got all these. Look at these numbers. And I'm like, what's the KPI of it? of the man's heart out there. That's what I want to know. I want to know there's two minutes left. Is he's if he is he, does he really want to win? Can he is he a grinder? Like and I think uh you know it it's funny, you know, I got stories on it. They're like, oh th that person won't win because the lactic levels and I'm like, I know that person's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> he got dog in him. Yeah. Not going yes. to lose. Okay. He yes. he is a winner. Okay. I don't care if his body feels like it's breaking down. He is gonna win. And sure enough, he won. And I don't know that guys, I don't understand. I had all the numbers and I'm like, 
did you check his heart? They always check his blood. No, 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 no. Did you check what was inside his heart? Did you, did you get to know the person? Did you get to know the athlete? Because I knew he was going to win. How'd you know? Because I'm with him every single day. And he hates to lose. He hates to lose in anything. And I think, uh, not saying science is bad. I'm all for it. But uh, let's, let's use them KPIs. And let's use it for the right, for the right purposes and data. Just not, collect, just not to collect it. I'm, what you doing? I'm collecting a whole bunch of numbers for what? I don't know. Makes me look good, right? Yeah. I'm not collecting exactly. exactly. I'm not collecting data unless it's unless it's helping every one of my guys. I'm not collecting the data unless every one of my guys knows. Hey, Steve, why are you doing this? I'm gonna let them know. Hey, this is why I'm doing it, right? And if they say, Coach, do you really think that helps? I might say no, and I might toss it, right? You know, but uh, I never tossed it yet. Thank God, not one yet. But everyone I talk to them about, uh, they're like, "Yeah, okay, I understand how this works." So uh, as a whole, I just think uh, we got to start uh, the art of coaching. It's uh, it's it's difficult to learn, all right? Yeah. Uh, if you don't, if you're not a, you know, if you don't know it and you just know science, get in. Get with your players, man. Love them up. Know about them. Know who their mom's name is, their dad's name is, their brothers and sisters, okay? Know where they like to go. You ever ask them where their favorite vacation spot was? You ever ask them what their favorite food was? I don't know. Some people just come in and they just want to lift them and leave. Get to know your athletes 100%. Get them to love you and you love them. The rest is history. Be great. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, it's always said, um, Programming is a science. Coaching is an art. But if I mean, and that that stuck with me my entire career. And I've been places where I've had people see like really fancy programs, and like, people just come in and train. And I've been places where I've seen super super simple programs, and the guys be into it, and they are like working. And I'll say this time and time again, and you put it on my tombstone: <laughs> nothing in the world is ever going to ever be hard work and consistency. Right, and nothing in the world is ever going to be an environment where guys want to train. It just, it just, we just won't ever beat it. Um, I think that's crazy important. But you know, as our field is going, some of the things that my thoughts are, like I think, you know, Steve's a director of Olympic sports over there, correct? Correct. And uh, um, I was a director, uh, associate AD at Towson, and what the one thing that concerns me a bit. Is you know, we are, as you go upper in upper administration, a lot of people who are running strength conditioning are not people who have strength conditioning experience, and so they're making decisions for us, and they don't really understand what we do or how we do it. But off in their mind, what makes logical sense to them, and I can tell you, and we can all say, unless you ever ran a team, ran a weight room, <laughs> there's no logical like you can't figure it out <laughs> until you actually do it. You know, like yeah, and if I was gonna do that, like think about when you're in, I'm, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, this thing. You trust me, like oh wow, that didn't work at all. And like they're doing the same thing, and I think it's a really important that as time goes on, as we get older and we get out of the way and that we find guys who move up into administration, up the ranks. So now they can make solid decisions for the younger guys coming down through. And the ones of us who are in offices right now be great representatives of our field and who what we do. So now when we speak, administration listens and, they, and we have an ear so we can get things done more efficiently and more effectively for our field and our group of, of athletes. And that's kind of, I think, something that we need to work on as a whole, and that's everybody. You know, everybody picks on people who do this and that. That doesn't help us at all. Yep. You know, like, let's focus on what everybody's good at. How can I build you up, right? You know, like, if, if we're a family and a brotherhood and a, and a fraternity and with a, 
Like, if I have a problem, like, let me call you and have a conversation with you, right? Let, let's let's be united front on Twitter, not be, you know, this fake Twitter beef where everybody has to opinion <laughs> what they do. Like, like you're like, yo, ch- yo, chat, you don't say anything on Twitter. I know I'm too concerned in my weight room. Everybody's <laughs> in your weight room. You know I want to get things good in here. What you do over there is your business, but in here, I take care of my I take care of my house. And I think that's something that we can all get better at personally. Yeah, I think so too. Like you said about, hey, hey Steve, you gonna do anything on Instagram? I'm like, I'm coaching. I got maybe, maybe, I, maybe I do need to get an intern that just does social media. I don't know, but I don't have time for it. If I do yeah. do it, it's probably one on one, and you know. Probably somebody doing some curls or something. I don't know. <laughs> now, do you guys – I feel like I've seen you guys both. Do you guys put out much on there with the athletes on social media and that? Or is that not something you haven't really done? Honest to God, Coach, I, I literally got on in January and I never I never posted anything. And then I started sending uh, workouts when they were uh, – you know, when they were home, right? Because they're like, coach, you got anything for me? I'm you know, on board. I'm like, yeah, here you go. Do some push-ups, you know, some body weight squats, courtesy squats, blah, blah, whatever. And then they're like, my phone kept going over the capacity because I kept sending, you know, uh, so much more stuff. Finally, I was like, I'm just going to start putting it on Instagram. And oh man, I was like, whoa, okay, this is cool. Social media. Only problem is sometimes when you're just sitting there, you like you look at it too much. <laughs> you gotta learn to throw that thing away. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I put stuff up all the time, but uh, I think people people maybe may don't may not understand my thought process on how I got there. Um, when I went to Southern Miss, I took over a team that had had like four strength coaches in like three years. So like getting buy-in with those dudes at the beginning was hard. You know, you're trying to show you you love me, but they're like, yo, you're going to be gone in two weeks either way. Anyway, so just give me the job away. So I started posting them on IG. And they were like, oh, like, they like they got they got into it. And like, yo, Chad, let me do that. Like, look at it, like, oh, you're going to do it perfectly because you're on Instagram? Perfect. <laughs> sure. All right. So, like, you know, I got into it a little bit there because, you know, with the guys, my last two spots, like, the guys at Towson enjoyed it too. Like, like they enjoy they enjoy attention, man. And anything that engages them is great. It's not about – you don't see me on there. But, you know, you know, anything that engages them is great for me. I think no. it's the generation. They love the social media. They love it, man. It's it's a part of them. It's a part of them. Like uh, like me, it was Mike Tyson's punch out on Nintendo, best game ever, right? So, but them, it's it's social media, man. It's it's, it's yeah. that, you know. Man, you got I always say you got to kind of meet them where they are, man. So it's it's a piece we don't do a bunch of, but I, I think they definitely get hyped up. Even like I remember there used to be times I won't say it was like a couple years ago. But I won't say who it was, but like. I would just pull my phone out and not even record it, and it would be like Yo. the best set of the day. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that just too, man. Just because there, they were getting recorded. <laughs> yeah, so and it would yeah. be I was like it was it was a completely different set, or so it was, it was crazy, man. It's it's a powerful tool, but I think I think there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good stuff out there. But then you also got the same guys you want to argue about, you know, you know, you know yeah. Everything. So yeah, I love it, man. You know, there, there's more than one way to get it done. So no question, no question. There's a lot of different ways to get it done. One hundred percent. What uh, I guess what for the young coach getting in the field and uh, you know trying trying to move up, working their way up. What 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 advice would you have for them? Kind of in today's market for strength conditioning coaches, you got to learn to work. 
you got to learn to work. I think, uh, you know, when you get interns or GAs, whatever, you know, you have at your, uh, your institution, I think uh, when I start teaching them how to stock the muscle milk, how to uh, bring the old muscle milk up and the new muscle milk in the back and how to stock the bars and how to clean properly and all that, I won't forget I had a lot of, a lot of young coaches say, coach, I got my degree. I'm like, yeah, but do you know how to do this? They're like, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, I was like, so if you don't know how to stock muscle milk or pull the new old ones in from the back to the front, uh, you're going to have expired muscle milk. That's a lot of money you're wasting. I said, your players could get sick. Or and how are you going to teach your interns to do it if you don't know how to do it? I said, uh, bars. I mean, what you going to do? You don't even know how to stock bars? I said, uh, or how to clean properly? What if somebody gets in here and you don't clean the pedal of the bike and somebody scratched their leg on it and gets mercy from that? I said, it's, it's everything you got to think about in here of how we, how we clean and how we do it correctly. Because if you don't know how to do it, if you don't start from the bottom, then how are you going to know when you get to the top? And what happens is if you don't know how to do it and you get to the top by some, uh, you know, godly reason, awesome reason, you get to the top and you've never done that. Well, guess what? Now I hope I hope you had other jobs to help you for that. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing. They come out. I'm ready. I'm ready to be the coach right now. I'm like, whoa, slow down, slow down. Let's, let's, what, what you going to do today? Well, I read this uh, four by 12 for squats. <laughs> right? You know, they got to practice pretty soon, right? <laughs> you know, you're like, no, no, slow it down, man. Let's, let's, let me show you how to, how, how to, how to coach. Right. And, and when you come in and the guys don't know you and then you try and say, something, you know, and the interns try and say something to them and the guys just look at them like, you're like, it's over. It's over. Yeah. You should have never said that. You should have just waited to get to know them. That's it. So I think that's the biggest thing. Just listen, it's a, it might not feel like it's worth it then while you're doing all that stuff. But I promise you in the long run, my goodness, it's going to help you. It is going to help you leaps and bounds. I cannot tell you how much Tommy Heffernan helped me to be a director like I am right now. I mean, my goodness, he works me now. He worked me, but man, I'm 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 all for him, man. So did Kurt Hester, man. He had me painting, he had me painting and cutting, cutting wood for platforms, and I can build a platform right now if I needed to. But I think the biggest thing is like they worked me and they and they said this is how it's done. You don't there's no shortcuts. And I think I can't applaud them for that. Plus having a twin brother, it's kind of a competition. So <laughs> y'all were down there at the same time? Uh, me with at Kurtz, yes, at Kurtz, oh, yes. Wow. And then when I got the Hawaii job, he went back to Kurtz as the assistant. Okay. He went to UNO and then back to Kurt. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that work piece is real. Is real. It's real. I spent I spent more of my career stacking boxes and putting stuff together and sweeping floors than I have been being in charge. So when you look at you know look at these logos, you look at this stuff, man. Like I'm more used to the intern life than I'm being in charge, and I think that is so important that you never get away from what got you there. And as an intern, the biggest compliment I ever got that I didn't even realize was compliments. I was a sponge. You couldn't teach me enough. Like they're like, why aren't you talking? Because you're talking. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> and I do and I do that now like I just want to learn like, like I don't think I have it figured out by any means but I'm always looking to learn I'm always asking questions I mean I mean I have no problem asking a question I don't care if I sound dumb to you I'm, like, I'm just trying to get smart 
And so I think, you know, I think that's so important that we humble ourselves. And as young, young coaches, you come and you say, I'm coming here and I want to be open and I want to learn and I'm going to work. And whatever you do, I'm going to do. If you ask any, anybody I've ever worked for, when they moved right, I moved right. When they moved <laughs> left, I moved left. And, you know, I, I, now I'm from, I'm from Baton Rouge, so in my, in my house, my mom, my mom who grew up was, she always said, if I'm working, you working. So if she was sweeping and I was on the couch, no, nah, I was sweeping too. And so that's, why, <laughs> that's, how, that's how, you know, I was brought up. And so, like, but what you realize, what Steve said, like, you know, like, you're being prepared. You think you're doing someone's job, but you are being grown and prepared to step into it. So when I stepped into my position at Towson when I was in charge, even though I had never been in charge before, I had done so much stuff, it was easy to have done everything to be ready. Now that the decisions just had more weight on them. When I get to Stanford and people look at the logo, I'm doing the same thing I was doing at Southern University in the SWAC or Southeastern in the Southland, but now it has a little bit more thump behind it because of the logo, which means nothing at all. But oh, yeah. you build, you, you put it there? I said, it's funny how it works, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it right? And, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I love leadership. And I always, I, I've, I've, I've always thought this, your best leaders were your best followers because they learned and they stayed behind them. Like good Indians make great chiefs. Love it. I'm telling you, I got a vacuum in my office right now because I was just vacuuming the whole weight room. And I think, uh, you know, one of the tests I do for my interns, and uh, there's three of them that passed uh, in the past couple of years, four actually. And what I did was say, hey, this is going to be your home because you're probably going to be here more than, than your home, just like I am, right? And, you know, if you really want this, let's see. So I, as soon as I get in, I take some tens and fives and just put them on the ground, you know, see how they assess the weight room as soon as they walk in. Everyone that came in and picked up those are at a, either a uh, GA or full-time uh, person right now. Can you believe that? Every one of them that, that came in, assessed the weight room and said, boom, boom, boom. Hey, coach, I just didn't want to let you know this was on the floor. I was like, I appreciate it, man. I didn't even tell them I threw it on until they were leaving. I was like, you know, I threw all that weight on the ground for you because I want to see if you're going to come clean it up here, if you saw it, right? And funny thing is, every one of those guys are either at a full-time job or at making, you know, getting their masters for free. So I think that's the biggest thing is like work, man, work. Love the grind. Is I, I'm, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, it makes a difference, man. It's funny you say that. Just the detail. I actually, so I interned for Drew Wilson out there with with, uh, with you guys now back when he's at Maryland. Okay. And it was the same thing, man. Learned so much from him, just like. Uh, organization standpoint and just kind of how we, you know, you keep, you keep your program sharp, man. That dude taught me so much from him. And yeah, he worked me too, man. Ain't <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know, you look back why... on it sometimes, you're like, damn. <laughs> Maybe that's why me and Drew are good friends, man. Because I mean, as soon as we just, you know, he hired one of my interns as a full-time yeah. guy. He's okay. like, can he work? I'm like, man, I, I, not only does he work, he, he, like it was my former intern, Didi Goodson, played football here, and then intern for me. And I said he's he's way above like any other person at his age right now because what he how he works, his detail, and he's very detailed. And I said, and and the players love him. I said he has the art and he's learning the science. I said uh, if you want somebody like that, I would hire him. And sure enough, hired him just like that. And probably one of his best, one of his best assistants right now. 
But that's it right there, Steve. It's like, if you can work, I can teach you what you need to know. 100%. If you don't, it's if you hard can, <laughs> I can't teach a work ethic. Yeah, that's I can, what I'm I, saying. Can, I, I, I need you to come you. and work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I, I have to clean the closet? I'm like, well, yeah, man. Like, my goodness, unless you want to come do the paperwork. If you know how to do the paperwork, I clean that closet. Because I don't oh, want to do this paperwork. <laughs> big fact. There's nothing worse than paperwork. No, nothing <laughs> worse. Nothing worse. I do not want, after I lift, man, I do not want to come in here right afterwards and do paperwork and yeah. fill out all the paperwork for all the other assistants that are under me. I would love to go out there and just clean that closet, make everything look really <laughs> nice, rather than the paperwork. I'm telling you, it's... And like, that's what I'm trying to tell them. They're like, oh, I do the paperwork and I come in and show them. They're like, I'm going to go clean. I'm like, that's what I thought. (laughs) This is boring. And I won't forget Tommy showing me that. I was like, "Uh, teach me how to do the paperwork. You don't want it. Not right now, Steve. Just trust me, man. And sure enough, I'm like, never mind. I don't want to do it. I want to, I'll stock anything you want. Just don't put me in front of this computer right now. I had the same thing, man, with like, when you're building out schedules, like sitting there looking at class schedules and <laughs> class times two rounds, like. <laughs> Listen, you have two computers open, two iPhones, you're like, holy crap, I got to call somebody. Yeah. It is, man, you, that's a that's a puzzle for you right there. Big man, time puzzle. Dude. It's a, Most stressful <laughs> part of the job. That, like when I got the job at Stanford, like what's your favorite part of being at Stanford? Not doing scheduling at Towson. Now what, we kind of talked about internship for a while. The uh, kind of talk about, I guess, you know, you volunteered. Do you guys have an internship program set up or I know some places more hands-on, some places, you know, the curriculum and all that. I think obviously you bring coaches in and, Oftentimes you're not paying them, so is it's, you need to give them an experience for one, but also an education and get their feet wet when it comes to uh, you know training athletes. You guys talk about kind of what you do with your programs and the and the volunteers interns you have. Maybe it's paid internship or whatever. But we we have a non-paid internship, but uh, I tell you what, uh, every one of the guys that came in or or ladies that came in, they got a job, right, or a GA job, one or the other. Uh, they got paid somehow, right? Um, I had a, you know, great female. She's at Florida State now, KJ. Oh my goodness, she was great. She was with me for like, for like four months, five months. I won't forget. Uh, at least called, at least had a job open. I was like, you need, you need to, you need to get her. And she, you know, interviewed her. And, you know, t- uh, texted me three months later and was like, wow, you can't teach work ethic. And she had it right. You can, and I think that's what, uh, that's the internship, right? You come in. And we have a couple of different levels. Level one, you don't have nothing. You don't have a CSCS. You, you don't know how to train. You don't know how to coach. You know, I'm like, for the first two weeks, don't just, you know, be friendly to the guys, be friendly to the uh, female athletes. But, you know, don't, don't, you know, listen, observe, write down, take some notes. Then I want to get you to learn how to start, you know, you know, learning the lifts. And then, hey, maybe I throw my, you know, hey, try and do some abs, right? And, you know, try and get them coaching. But in the meantime, we have to teach them, how to uh, pass the CSCS or the CSCCA and we usually do Jeopardy on the, put it on the Apple TV and play Jeopardy. And that can be like, if you miss it, five push-ups. it can be fun, you know, not saying it's not, not a great idea. Hold on. I just want to let everybody know. I'm not punishing nobody for missing. Everybody signs like, I listen, I even do push-ups when I miss. Okay. (laughs) But it makes it fun for us. And then there's, then there's level two, you have your CSCS and uh, now you don't have to study so much. And then, uh, you have a knowledge of training and then, you know, we get to 
throw you some teams and be like help out with you know, uh, lacrosse, men's basketball, women's basketball, all the teams here. And then there's level three, like, hey, you're ready to go. Let's see if uh, I, you know, I observe you watching, you know, coaching men's golf, women's golf, uh, you know, whatever other teams are out there. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then give them some pointers on it. And then those people usually flourish and they do a great job. But really easy, three levels. Keep it simple. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about interns, I'll just say like, without Courtney Steele and Evan Martin and Stephen uh, and Stephen Yarkman and Taylor Ford, like my program doesn't go. Um, the people who work with me uh, don't work for me. Who work with me. Um, I mean, I am as about as all over the place as you could possibly be because I have so much stuff on my brain, on my mind. Like I want to train like all these different ways. And um, when they come in, I make sure the first week before we get started, we do like a one-on-one session where they learn how I want them to coach, where I want them to stand, all that stuff. And then I throw them to the I throw them to the wolves. And I'm like, hey, like you know. Well, if I got somebody new like Steve has, I'll make them sit out for two weeks as well. But if they have some experience, I'm going to throw them to the wolves. I get them out there coaching a little bit. And I just, hey, like, until you get comfortable, just use the cues I'm using. We went through the one-on-one stuff about how that stuff works. Um, and um, I think it's really important that when we train our interns that they're getting that quality experience. So there are times when they'll come in with me and I'll be like, yep, you got the warmth. And they have no idea. Like, oh, there you go. And I just leave you, let you go on fire because that's how it goes sometimes. Like, you know, like, hey, like, hey, you got the one of the guys with Kings and Turf room. They're like, ah, uh, oh, but this is what the job is. And so, really try to give them that real world experience. And then, what I do, I have like a Stanford has an overall curriculum, and then I have a curriculum within basketball where we hit like uh, how to uh, how to coach uh, 3D movement. Um, um, fascial stuff, and speed, strength, all those little things, periodization. And every week as they go through a week of the protocol, at the end of the 12 weeks or whatever, however long it is, when they look at that, the portfolio for their first interview. And so it's kind of helping them build up, build their self up and also, you know, finding little ways to really challenge their thought. One of my favorite exercises with interns is like, let's say you get a kid that's hardcore to powerlifting. Write me a two-paragraph essay why powerlifting is awful. It's such a learning experience to switch it around and think about. Like, when I had to write my first thing about why Olympic lifting was bad, I was like, this is blasphemous. <laughs> but, you know, but, but, you know, it, it really opens up your, your, your eyes and your thought processes to where you can look at something from a different um, standpoint. And it, that really helps you do one thing. Helps you figure out you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Or two helps really solidify. I believe in this, yeah. and that's super powerful either way because either one of them solidify you make you a better coach. True. Uh, <clears throat> I'll throw this out there too. Kind of technology in the weight room. What uh, what are you guys using? I would say maybe not even from like a full technology. Let's say you know you may or may not have some sort of technology you love. Well, how do you use an app? But then also. Um, you know, knowing everybody listening to this may not have the resources to have the, the Cadillac. What, uh, what are some of the other things you use in your weight room? I guess, you know, how you monitor your athletes day to day. You want to touch on something like that? High tech, maybe some low tech. Yeah. I mean, I use force plate uh, probably about three times a week. We had the Nord board, the force frame, which we test all our athletes as soon as they get here. Um, 
We have uh, BBT systems here that uh, we use mostly in season, uh, to be, you know, honest. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it helps us make the right decisions for our athletes. Um, you know, it, like I said, I'm not going to use any data that I don't think is going to help our athletes, right? And I think uh, the biggest thing is the the data we do use. Uh, we can, uh, you know, educate the coaches as well as our uh, athletes to, to let them know, like, hey, we need to build, uh, you know, your asymmetries off. This is what we need to do to, uh, to help you out, to lo- you know, for your career to have longevity, right? Because let's be honest, everybody that's coming to every one of these universities, they want to go to the next level. Every one of these guys I talk to, right? And I think that's the biggest thing. How can we help them fulfill their dream? I'm, I'm, I'm doing my dream right now. I never had the force plate my whole career. Never had the Nord board, the force frame. I didn't have any of that, right? So there's a couple ways that if you don't have, you know, hey, Steve, if you didn't have, what would you do? You know, 12 inch, 18 inch uh, depth jump uh, on a jump mat. You don't have a jump mat, just use the vertical stick, right? And uh, the, the Vertec, you can do it those ways, right? Uh, there's, you know, there's so much out there that, you know, <clears throat> how you know if you're ready? Well, you know, a couple of years ago, they had the little on the little iPhone. I'm like, hey, listen, how do you know you're ready? <laughs> you either ready or you're not ready. Like, right, I'm gonna, don't worry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your heart rate up. But I'm like, if you come up to me and be like, I don't, how do you know if you're ready? You ain't ready. <laughs> there you go. It's it for you, right? So I think, uh, that, like I said, this is, y'all know this. There's so much technology out there right now that you have to put a filter on it because if you don't, you're not coaching no more. You're not coaching no more. You're worried about all these data points. That you got to put a filter on the, the, the data and the technology you want to use, right? Because if you try and start using everything, it's going to – you won't be able to coach no more because you're, you're going to be sitting on the computer just looking at numbers that probably doesn't care because those guys are going to be balling the whole day tomorrow, today, tomorrow, all year, right? So I think uh, – yeah, if you're going to use technology, use it for your team. Don't use it for anybody else's team. Because their team could be different for your team, right? They might already have guys that can jump out the gym that are super long, already built. They're five-star athletes, right? That's why they're a five-star athlete. They can hoop and they're big. They're ready to come in and play already. Now, you don't get – some of us don't get five-star athletes, right? What do you do? Nope. Build them up for a five-star athlete. Right. Make them make them realize that they're going to get there and fulfill their dream. Right. And that's why we're here. You know, all the data points in the world. That's why we coaches are here to to help them fulfill their dreams. hundred percent. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I mean, I'm not huge into technology. It's something I've been working on for the last two years. Uh, this is beer. I've really delved into it a little bit more. Just got connects on now. And I have, like, you know, I've never had force place and I've never had, like, VBT stuff before, but I grew up in a weightlifting gym. So, like, when the bars are moving fast, I know what bar speed looks like. I guarantee you that. You watch, you watch the Olympian, Olympian clean 275, that's bar speed. I know when I turn around, I hear them squatting that bar, those weights hit the top of the bar and click, 
you're moving that bar pretty fast. You know, like certain things that you get a feel for being weight room that you have, um, but there are there is you know some value to having something when I say if you're not assessing, you're guessing, and if you use it as checkpoints to to, to use it as checkpoints to drive your training, that's different. But it shouldn't be controlling your training. It's just a checkpoint to say when I did X, Y, and Z. Did it give me what I was trying to accomplish with X, Y, and Z? But it's not going to tell me what to do. So I get I, that's the one thing I've really been struggling with with my own journey is like I see so many people with technology and what they're doing. I'm like, how many people with this technology are winning games because of technology? And to this date that I found, zero. You know, so it's about players and getting them better. And, you know, like there is some value to having a connects on like catapult to measure player load. But you know what's even better? Hey, how do you feel today? How how do they actually feel? Coach, what was touch with? You thought today was going to be an eight? The guys thought it was a 12 out of 10. And sometimes those little bitty things, then now the system may give you the fine, acute details to tell me why they felt that way. <laughs> but there's so much more I think you can get from personal, per, personal uh, interpersonal communication like that, in my opinion. Um, not saying that's right or wrong, but that's where I stand with technology. And if, if I'm going to use it, we're going to use it all the time. We're not going to use it one time and then use it once a year. If we're going to do something, I want to know at every point, am I getting what I want from it? You know what I mean? Gotcha. And if anybody wants to know what I do for force plates or, you know, Nordboard, just email me. Uh, whoever's watching this, I can I can elaborate more on that. Sure. Hey, I uh, appreciate you guys' time. I want to kind of be respectful of that, but you know, with everything going on, uh, the, the COVID-19 situation, how are you guys approaching the return to training uh, and, and getting guys acclimated to the environment and the train loads again? You guys want to talk about that for a minute? Oh, uh, yeah, getting guys back. Uh, just, you know, biggest thing is educating them on what this virus, you know, can do and how you catch it. Uh, next thing is, is uh, <laughs> you, you got to bring them back slow. You got to bring it back slow. Just and I always say this, just think uh, you never lifted in three months, right? They didn't have weights. Uh, all they had was 10 pound dumbbells and a weighted vest to do pushups with. Um, if you get underneath the bar and you're telling me you don't lift for three months and you're not getting sore, I'm going to call you a liar. And I'm going to say you never lifted <laughs> straight up. I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't care who you are. Like, if you haven't lifted in three months and you're telling me you're going to go underneath that bar and you're going to start lifting and you're just going to go what you normally did, what, it could be five, three, big and boring, right? You're telling me you're going to go five sets of 10, man, you ain't going to be able to move the next day. What are you talking about? So I think the biggest thing is just, you know, doing it slowly, man, getting, again, I'm always going to go back to this. How do you feel? If I was coaching uh, Mike and I was coaching Coach Snowden, sorry, you know, Coach Chapman and Coach Snowden, I can easily say, how you feel? Well, hey, coach, I had a bar in my, in, in my basement. All right, cool. Let's do an extra couple sets. Coach Chapman could be like, man, I had a weighted vest and push-ups. Well, now nah, let's just stay, all right, because uh, I want to see how you feel the next day. Next day they come in, how do you feel, okay? Then you can adjust the program for the following week, and I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. Communication with the athletes and just educating them on why we're not going so hard so fast. I know today they were like, some of them are like, that's it, coach. Can I do another set? And some of them are like, I can't go no more. And it was only third set. <laughs> so I think, uh, and I think that's when you got to step back and you got to say, okay, we got to do this smart. I don't want no rap though. 
I don't want to put guys in the hospital. We got to do this smart. And I think uh, just just do it smart, man. Just like we're doing right now, talking. Like what you do today, three sets of 10, super lightweight, great form. That's what we did. Uh, and it was upper body. Yeah. A couple sets. Yeah. I mean, same thing. We just, had, we just had our first day today too. I told him, I said, "Look, we, we ain't gonna hit no PR today, man. Let's just <laughs> let's just get a make it feel like you're back on campus." You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Uh, one of my buddies was like, "Steve, did you get him?" And I was like, "Nah, man, nah, not today." <laughs> like, you know how easy it would have been to do that? It would have been like putting their hand this high, like they, they couldn't do it or they wouldn't be able to walk the next day. It's, it's not worth it because yeah. I don't forget, still need them to play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> still need them to shoot. My bad, Mike. I didn't mean to cut you off, man. Oh, no, that was funny. I, keep, I like listening. I told you, I don't mind soaking <laughs> this up, you know. Nah, but yeah, I mean, in my standpoint, like you said, like slow and easy is the way to win the race. Um, take your time, progress. Um, provide a ton of movement variability early. Um, and you know the big thing for me everybody's kind of back in there talking about the guys aren't going to be strong I'm like forget strong I'm thinking about tissue and tendon tolerance to hell deal with the lowest about to deal with on the court I could care less take a squat 400 pounds but the Achilles is about to pop on them because they, they, we haven't repaired tissue and tendons properly so imagine tissue and tendons properly um, making sure that we've given them the amount, correct amount of work capacity work with the right dosages um, I, I love the EDT stuff like low, like low level EDT stuff. Five minutes, two and two here, there with some low, with some low, some low load. Just keep a movement. So now they're getting uh, muscular stimulus and aerobic stimulus at the same time. So kind of double dip, dipping, really functionally dense. Um, those things really, really make a big difference, man. I mean, you know, you know, right now deceleration is something they haven't done in a long time, and deceleration in the drill. And deceleration in a drill one one v one is going to be totally different because now it's competitions involved. So if you aren't preparing them for that on the flip side, you're going to have some issues. But I'm, that's kind of my deal. I'm going to start with tissue tendon tolerance, aerobic aerobic capacity, and then build some uh, deceleration stuff and work there from the ground up. All of them want to come day one and say, "I'm going to use the Vertimax." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to dunk 12 foot, but let's just relax on that. Give me a couple weeks, okay?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey man, so I'm going to try to wrap things up. You guys, uh, anything else left unsaid? You guys want to put out there or uh, save alibis, or what, what you got? Man, this was awesome, man. I, I think uh, we need to do this more often, for real. I think uh, uh, this is the best way to, to help, to educate. Shoot, I learned some stuff today. I mean, I'm always learning. I'm like, okay, that's what Mike does? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, just, you know, I just want to keep everybody healthy with COVID-19, man. I think just bringing them back and and. When I say educating them, I know every young, I mean, we're all young once. They they think they're invincible. They think that nothing can happen to me, right? And I think it's just thinking about others, man. Just think about others while while this is going on. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I, I got nothing else to add to that. I mean, I appreciate the opportunity to be on this deal. And, I mean, if, any, if anybody's looking for the model of how to learn and get better, I think this is it right now. Three guys talking with three completely different back. Well, man, Steve's background may be a little more similar than people know. <laughs> uh, the Louisiana has a lot of strict coach roots down there. But, uh, you know, like just talking and learning, shopping and like learning how to talk 
and listen for understanding, not to be right. That's the one thing, like, learn to really talk and listen to what people are saying. And don't look to poke a hole in it. Listen to really understand. And you really get a whole lot out of it, you know? I think that's, that uh, today was good for me. Hey, Mike, you know when you first came and I was showing you the weight room, one of the coaches was like, hold up, he went to Southeastern too? I was like, yeah. And he's like, how the heck do two people from, so- from Louisiana get to Stanford and Colorado? I said, hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I'm like, I don't know. It's just hard work, man. It's just just grinding, man. That's what it was, man. Yeah, thanks for the takes, man. Now this has been awesome, man. I appreciate both of you guys making time to get on here and and talk shop. No so, doubt, I appreciate you, Mike. Appreciate you, Coach Chapman, Coach Snowden. I really do. All right, man. Appreciate you guys. All right, y'all have a good one. Y'all too. Right, Take man. care. Be safe, man. Yes, sir. Same to you. See you.